Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solody. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. Believe it or not, the Dolphins win their fourth game of the season, taking down the Cincinnati Bengals. It took five quarters to do so. Um, you know, this was really looking like a blowout game for a while, Paul. I mean, beginning of the fourth quarter, the Dolphins – are winning by 23 points and we're we're texting back and forth saying you know if the Dolphins are going to win they might as well blow them out of the water and that looked like it was going to happen and 11 minutes later we're going into overtime yeah and not only were the Dolphins in overtime but the Giants and Redskins were in overtime so the the, the top four picks in the draft at that point in time we're all sitting there in overtime looking like they may end in a tie because it wasn't a quick overtime in, in either game. So there was a lot of intriguing top end of the draft stuff going on after 4 p.m. from the 1 o'clock games. You bet. And uh, over the weekend, you had the Houston Texans sewing up a draft uh, – or excuse me, a playoff spot by, by taking down the Tampa, Bu- Tampa Bay Bucks. But uh, the Steelers – lose today the the of all teams the new york jets do the dolphins a favor winning that game 16 to 10 and and if the season ended the dolphins would be picking 19th now with that steelers pick hopefully that continues to climb here next week if if the steelers are put out of playoff contention but paul looking at the game itself i mean look i made no bones about it i did not want to win this game and I'm still a little irked that we did. I mean, if the Dolphins are sitting here with the fifth pick in the draft now, um, ahead of them, you've got the Bengals that sew up the number one spot. You've got the Redskins second, Lions third, Giants fourth, as we head here into the final week 17. So, yeah, I was a, a little bit irked. I mean, people could talk about creating a winning culture all you want. I don't think three or four wins makes the difference in that. You know, if, this was an overtime victory over a one in 13 football team where the dolphins blew a 23 point fourth quarter lead. But the other side of it though, is this isn't, I don't even know what this is anymore. I think this isn't even an XFL roster in terms of talent. I mean, you had Raekwon McMillan not playing this game. Jamal Wiltz goes down. Vince Beagle goes down a couple of other injuries along the way. And the, you look at the bottom line after the game, and the Dolphins are 4-4 four and four in their last eight games. It's pretty incredible. Well, on top of that, Rake McMillan was down, who arguably their best run defender. And they were probably going against one of the best running backs that they've faced since, you know, week three of the NFL season. And they turned in their best run defense performance in this one, as, as far as that goes. I mean, they effectively shut down Joe Mixon. And a lot of that's due to Andrew Van Ginkle um, 
due to, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name again. It was that new to this team. I think it was Sealer, Siler. Yeah, Sealer. Uh, the, the defensive. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, unreal. Like, this guy just came out of nowhere and, and looked like he's he's been playing the role all year and, and doing a dominant job of it. I, I This game cemented for me that I'm over Charles Harris and Taco Charlton. They're ineffective pass rushers who can't defend the run. And you look at what these guys did in this game, Miami's got a little something there. There was a lot to like in this game. And, and really, the the key cog there was Jamal Wilts going down and, and Vince Beagle getting hurt. And then suddenly the Bengals were able to move the ball. I mean, Miami is not a deep roster right now, so they can't afford those couple little injuries. Those are devastating at this point. Yeah, that's very well said. I think it was a combination of Beagle and, and Wilts going down uh, that that magnified a lot of other roles. But also, too, I, I think the Dolphins were a little shell-shocked. I, when they went up 35-12 to 12 and Miles Gaskin scored that two-yard touchdown, there was 11 minutes left. I didn't. I don't think they ever thought there was any way in hell the Bengals were, were going to come back. And, I mean, not only was it a 23-point comeback, but – I mean, there was 30 seconds left in the game, and the Dolphins were up by 16 points. And then the Bengals get a touchdown to Tyler Eifert, a two-point two conversion. Um, no, excuse me, a, a touchdown to Boyd. Two-point conversion, get the onside kick, the 25-yard touchdown to Tyler Eifert on the last play of, of regulation. And then Andy Dalton carries it in for, from two yards out to make it 35-35. And then the Dolphins end up with a game-winning field goal from Jason Sanders on the final play of overtime, or else we could have been talking about a tie here. But, yeah, that, that's, that's for sure with the defense. You know, Zach, Zach Sealers is somebody that's, that's going to be interesting here. I wish I had a few more weeks to watch him, but 6'6", 290 pounds on defense there. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. Um, just a lot more stout at the point of attack. I mean, we saw a lot of Sealer, a lot of Andrew Van Ginkle, a lot of Trent Harris, and yeah, they, they played better than than the guys they were replacing, like Taco Charlton and Charles Harris. A thousand percent, yes, on that. It, it's I really, really liked the D line play today, even though it, it may sound weird, given the fact that you know Miami blew such a big lead in the fourth quarter, but there were a lot of good individual performances. There were a lot of performances that are encouraging for next year across this roster in this game. And, and I know the Cincinnati Bengals are a dumpster fire, but again, this is an extended preseason like we've talked about all year. This is a, a, a time to find those little gems and diamonds in the rough that when you put even more talented players around them are really going to have that opportunity to, to, to solidify this team. And Miami's got a lot of those out there. And God, we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the receiving threats today, whether it's Devontae Parker, whether, and I will take this on the chin here completely, Mike Gesicki stepping up in this game, whether it's Isaiah Ford, somebody we've been pointing to ever since he got drafted out of Virginia Tech and everybody thought it was a wasted pick, stepping into the role when Hearns went down. And, and doing a damn good job of it. Albert Wilson, finally looking like the Albert Wilson that we saw at the beginning of last year, who's absolutely a threat out there. So there was a lot to like in this game. And I actually, I'll bring up Miles Gaskin as well. I know we're going to talk about all these guys, but not just in the running game. 
Miles Gaskin sprung Albert Wilson early on in this game with a hellacious block that on a heads-up play, and that's something we haven't been seeing from some of these folks downfield. So there's just so many different things to like in this game, despite the fact that they blew a late lead. Yeah, I, I think there was just a lot of shell shock in the fourth quarter uh, in an otherwise pretty dominant performance for over three quarters by the Dolphins. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think we were just as shocked as they were. I mean, yeah, and, and let's we'll get to the. It's clear that the wide receivers uh, and tight ends with Mike Kosicki and Devontae Parker, who exceeded a thousand yards, Albert Wilson rounding back into form, uh, Alan Hearns. Uh, Isaiah Ford stepping up. It, it's clear that that's the strength of the team right now, and it's it's likely the strength heading into the off season. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, starting at the quarterback spot, Paul, as we go through our grades, 31 for 52, 419 yards, four touchdowns, had one interception there in the fourth quarter by Darius Phillips. On the season, he has over 3,200 yards, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Since he was put in the lineup in quarter three against the Redskins, he is he has twenty over twenty nine hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, nine interceptions, and three rushing touchdowns. So, hey, again, I, I'll say this over and over again: I am not advocating Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the Dolphins' franchise quarterback, but I, I would certainly at this point like he and Josh Rosen to come back, as opposed to spending twenty or twenty five million to go try to get. Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. That that doesn't make sense to me. So, anyway, uh, but he was slinging the ball all over the field. You know, except for a couple of, of breaks, this was this was an absolute star performance out of Fitzpatrick, and he can pull these out. Uh, it seems like every couple of games. So, you know, I, I I've got four touchdowns, four hundred yards. I've got to give him an A minus only because he threw one one interception and cooled off a little in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly why I'm I'm going to give him an A in this game. He led this team to 38 points. They they faced a long field a lot of times today due to Cincinnati's punter absolutely booming everything on the planet. And, and really, in a game where there were over 100 pass attempts between the two teams, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw down 400 yards. I believe he had 240 yards at halftime if I remember correctly there, I think it was 242. And, and, you know, four touchdowns. He threw some absolute rockets to players today. And, yeah, he had that bad interception on a jump ball, but that's going to happen occasionally when you are throwing jump balls and trusting your receivers. Occasionally the defensive back is going to make the play. He found so many different guys in this one. Miami had four players that had five or more catches in this game uh, between – Parker, Gesicki, Wilson, and Ford. And, and really, he found ways to get Durham Smythe involved and just knew when to take off with the ball, as he seems to have an absolute propensity to do. I'll give him an A here. Yeah, I'll throw it back to you uh, on the running back spot. There was a lot to like in this one, and I know there's no stats that are going to blow anybody out of the water here. I mean, Miles Gaskin led the way as far as carries go. Patrick Laird had a couple of tough runs. Gaskin got his first NFL touchdown in this one and just absolutely plowed the defensive back once he broke through the line. There were a few times where it looked like the guys were going to break away, but they're still not getting it done. Running back's definitely a position that needs to be addressed a little bit in the offseason. 
I know I was messaging with you, a dream scenario for me would be if Miami's able to get Chuba Hubbard in, in, in the early third round and, and A.J. Dillon uh, out of B.C. in the late rounds, who's a big bruising back that can also rotate in a little bit at fullback and be an effective player on top of being able to just break tackles and, and really give Miami just that, that extra push to go with Laird and, and Gaston for next year. And suddenly you have a young core in that backfield that can do a lot of special things. But again, it's, it's, I, I can give these guys a B here. I'm gonna, I, I have a rule. If, if you don't average over three yards of carry as a unit, I'm, I can't give you any higher than a C plus, and that's what I'm going to give him here. Yeah, I, I thought Gaskin had had a couple of good runs. Um, one of them was a 15-yard run late in the game that I he, he turned the corner, uh, scored it up ahead when there wasn't a whole lot of room. So I give him credit for that. Um, Patrick Laird, eight catches, 17 yards. He kind of played second fiddle to Gaskin in this game, which is fine. Um, I, you know, I think between Gaskin and Laird, I, I think they're two rosterable players. I think you've got your third and your fourth running backs next year, and you know, I, I think before the year, if we said that that we've got two rosterable running backs between those two, I, I, I think we would have taken it. So, so good for them on that. Uh, D. Lance Turner did get in the game too. Didn't really show much, but it, it was good to see a little bit of new blood in there. Jamar Cox inactive again at fullback. I mean, I uh, I'd like uh, I look forward to seeing what he could possibly do in the off season, but right now not providing a lot of value there. Um, at the receiver unit, yeah, I mean. They were the stars of the game here. I mean, Devontae Parker absolutely destroyed William Jackson here. And William Jackson's a pretty good cornerback for the Bengals, but it, he, he completely ripped him a new one. And then Darius Phillips, when he came in and got on Parker, did a great job against him. I think that Darius Phillips kid can play. Um, Albert Wilson, like you said, I mean, he rounding back into forms with seven catches, 80 yards, and another rush for 10 yards. Um, Alan Hearns had two catches for 40 yards, and then kind of took a back seat again. But Isaiah Ford is 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 the interesting one. You know, I kind of said, yeah, whatever. A couple of weeks ago, when he had five catches for 90 yards, I thought, well, you know, when the whole receiving core goes down and you get 10 targets, you're going to catch five passes for for some yards. I mean, but in this one, I felt that he really had some big boy catches. He he had a first down catch on a third and 13. He had a first down catch on a third and 10. And he had really the game-winning touchdown or the game-winning catch in overtime from Ryan Fitzpatrick. So kudos to Isaiah Ford on that. And like you said, Mike Kosicki, uh, those, two those two touchdowns that he had, you know, breaking free down the field and the other one in a contested catch situation, uh, it, it takes a special athlete to do that stuff, and that's what we drafted. So good for him. I'm glad to say it looks like I was wrong on the guy. Gasicki um, did fail in a couple of other contested catch situations, though. But those are minor details. Overall, yeah, I've got to give this unit an A. Yeah, when you throw over 50 passes in a game, you're going to have some some scenarios where there's some drops. You're going to have some scenarios where – they're not going to win the contested catches. Clive Walford absolutely needs to go. I am over the Clive Walford experiment. Clive Walford is terrible. I'd rather you just put Christian Wilkins on offense at, at, at tight end if you have to in place of, of Clive Walford. I don't care if he had two catches in this game. He does have to go. And I, keep, I will continue to say that as long as he's on this roster. But I don't want to shadow this unit or shape this unit for – one individual's performance outside of Clive Walford. I, I was very enamored with this, this unit for, for reasons you've already mentioned. 
and I can absolutely I can completely follow you with that A grade. On the offensive line, um, I have to say, best performance of the year, and I don't even think it was close. I mean, I, not a dominant performance by any means, but I, I can't really recall at times throughout the game, I was like, Jesus, this line can't block anyone. And I, I, I've been saying that all year, every quarter. But um, a, a very good game from Jesse Davis going up against against uh, largely Sam Hubbard. And Julian Davenport goes up against Carlos Dunlop and does a good job. I'm going to have to take a closer look at the interior of the line. I didn't see Evan Brown out there. I was hoping to see – we were hoping to both see a little bit more of him, but we didn't. Um, Michael Dieter, I know, had a, had a holding call. Um, but but a good game from the tackles there. And overall, Ryan Fitzpatrick got sacked twice, and I know one of them was a coverage sack by Sam Hubbard, and the other one I can't quite put my finger on which one that was. But I don't know if I've given them higher than a C- minus all year in any game. So, you know, I, I can't give them a great grade because the running backs only average 2.8 yards a carry, but I might be able to give them a, a B- minus in this game. I'll give them a B for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. It's amazing how much things solidify when your bookends play well. And really, the Bengals have a good set of pass rushers there. And Carlos Dunlap, who's been coming on hard lately after recovering from a knee injury early in the year that hampered him a little bit. Sam Hubbard's a good pass rusher, and they've got some good pass rushers along the interior of that defensive line. And Miami held them off in a game where I know I keep beating this drum, but Miami attempted over 50 passes and and Fitzpatrick only got sacked twice. So you've got to look at that. You've got to look at the positives there and and the fact that Miami did play solidly. I thought there were a few holes there that weren't exploited in the running game. and, And really Miami got away from the running game in this one. So as far as I'm concerned, I can give them a B and feel comfortable with it. On the defensive side of the ball, you think you nailed it before, Paul. The, the Dolphins, run defense-wise, they, they had the best game of the year. I mean, I, I, that, that's really where I thought the Bengals were going to win this game at the end. Um, or excuse me, before we, you know, we, when we predicted it during the week, that's where I thought the Bengals had the edge was Raekwon McMillan's out, Joe Mixon is coming off two back-to-back 100-yard games and, and looks like he's hitting his stride. But, no, I mean, 21 carries, 50 yards, not any room to run for Joe Mixon here on defense. So I'll throw it back to you here on the front seven. What can you say? It, it, the fact that the run defense was so solid with a few new faces in there, with, with Ginkle getting a little more, or Van Ginkle getting a little more time in this one, with – Vince Beagle before he went down, the fact that they were able to get pressure on Andy Dalton uh, fairly consistently in this one. Davin Gotchow was a monster in this game. And Zach Sealer, I walked away so impressed and, and left me wanting more. Uh, outside of that, you look at the fact that Christian Wilkins not only got a sack in this game, but also got a touchdown reception, even if he fumbled it and recovered it uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And, and Pass rush-wise, they were all over the place. Run defense, they were all over the place. This front seven gets gets an A for me, even though things fell apart in the passing game late, which I don't attribute as much to the front seven other than Beagle being out and losing a little bit of that pass rush ability. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him a B. Um, I, I probably would be there with you on, on an A or an A- minus in the first three quarters, but 
the fourth quarter, I, I think this front seven demonstrated that they don't have that guy that when they're when they've got a comfortable lead that can just pin their ears back and attack the quarterback because there was no pass rush in the fourth quarter whatsoever, and I think that contributed to a lot of things there. But yeah, kudos for for shutting down Joe Mixon there uh, at, at the running back spot. And on on the year, they I mean uh, this unit did have four sacks, which is ironic given that. The whole reason we thought Charles Harris and Taco Charlton are in there isn't because of their run defense, not because they play special teams, which they don't, but because they offer the most that you can get to the quarterback with, um, and, and they didn't. Trent Harris uh, had a forced fumble and a sack. Um, Vince, I believe Vince Beagle had a sack. If not, he, he forced somebody to run into to another guy for a sack. Um, Zach Seiler, uh, Zach Seiler, Seiler, we'll make sure we get the pronunciation of that right. I thought it was... Siler, but uh, the, the announcers were saying Sealer all game. Anyway, 6'6", 290 pounds, former seventh-round pick out of Ferris State, and, and I watched him in preseason as a rookie, and I thought, this guy can play. And he, his career just never materialized with the Ravens. I think he's a better fit, though, in this defense. And without question, another guy who was inactive, too, was Avery Moss, who has gotten a lot of snaps this year in just a few quarters of football Sealer by far has outplayed him. So I, I think he's got the leg up on Moss heading into 2020 for a roster spot. So I'm going to go overall with a B. I like the run defense, but I, just no pass rush in the fourth quarter drags it down a little bit for me. Uh, at defensive back, Paul, Andy Dalton, 33 for 56, 396 yards, four touchdowns, but almost 200 of those yards came in the last really 10 minutes of the football game. Um that that sent the Bengals and Dolphins into overtime here. You know, I, I, I three touchdowns for Dalton in here in the in the the um, third quarter, or excuse me, the fourth quarter as well. One of them was on Steven Nelson. That was the one from uh, C.J. Azuma. It was about a ten yarder, just on a slant play. I, I don't think, uh, or excuse me, Steven Parker. Uh, I don't think Parker did anything too great on that on that play. He got burned. Uh, Nick Needham uh, uh, let up a lot of yards to Tyler Boyd. Boyd had nine catches for 128 yards, but Needham comes back and fights, and he definitely came back and fought in overtime and, and got up in the face of the receiver and, and made a big difference there. Eric Rowe, I felt bad for him because he's he's played very well at strong safety, got a contract extension, and had his first interception with four minutes left, and then it was called back on a pretty – Pretty wishy-washy uh, uh, penalty there, uh, as called pass interference. But um, you know, I, when I look at the final the final result, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. If we're given that type of grade with similar stats to Ryan Fitzpatrick, we're giving him an A. Then you, you got to think Dalton grades somewhere close, given the end result. But Dalton didn't pull it out at the end. Overall, you know, I'm going to give the de- defensive backs here a a C minus simply because they played well for most of the game, but man, they got torn apart in the fourth quarter. They did. And it, you look early on the Tyler Boyd touchdown, Nick Needham got himself turned around, lost his balance and couldn't keep up and almost still saved the touchdown there, which I like to see the, the effort. It, it really speaks volumes as well to the development of Jamal Wilkes, a guy that we didn't want on the field early on this season after seeing him out there and 
he really got beat up a lot in, in some of the early games, but he's solidified himself as the season's worn on. And as soon as he goes out, as soon as they lost a little bit of the pass rush in Vince Beagle, that's when Andy Dalton really lit up this secondary and, and exploited them was the fact that the guys had to cover a little bit longer. The fact that Jamal Wiltz was out and they, they had to sub for him. Uh, Eric Rowe absolutely got hit with a ticky-tack penalty on, on that holding call in the secondary. But those are going to happen when you are a mediocre team. The calls don't necessarily go your way, but it really was refreshing to see this team at least have some pieces moving forward in that secondary. I can go with a C plus because it was as they got into the depth for basically the depth that was already starting that they got torn apart a little bit and it's unfortunate, but again, I can go with a C plus here. You know, it's, it's amazing that a couple of weeks ago, Tay Hayes, Lyndon Stevens and Nate Brooks, forget about not being on, on rosters. I mean, they were getting cut from practice squads and Nate Brooks comes in here. He was signed off the Patriots practice squad, and uh, he's starting last week, and he started this game too. Lyndon Stevens was cut from the Seahawks practice squad, si- gets signed and played, thir- what, 25 snaps last week and probably played close to the same today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think Tay Hayes played a little bit more than him. But Tay Hayes was – I think he was cut from practice squad or signed off a of practice squad, but – that that just goes to show you, and and it's 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 pretty remarkable that 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 they're not playing far worse given given what they have there in the secondary, and also too Adrian Colbert I thought played a pretty decent game. He's somebody I'm gonna have to look at a little bit more on the all twenty two because it's kind of hard to see that free safety when he's off the screen a lot. But you know I I think he definitely has some some talent there. Whether or not he sticks in it for next year remains to be seen. Uh, special teams, Paul. I'm gonna throw it back to you. This is an intriguing one here. I mean, they missed the field goal in this game. They're, I hate, 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 hate having Trevor Davis return punts. I completely abhor it. And this is after watching Matt Hawk boom six punts for almost 300 yards in this one. He averaged almost, almost 50 yards, and that's with two down inside the 20. Hawk was flipping field position in this one. And it's it says a lot in a game that, that really turned into a shootout that he still managed to have almost 300 yards punting on only six attempts in a game that went to overtime. So uh, I've got to give him a B minus, but only because Trevor Davis returning punts was horrific, absolutely horrific. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B plus, And the reason for that is Matt Hawk. I mean, I, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, what he had six punts in this game, and his average was, uh, I think, 47.7. And and the biggest one was, uh, you know, the Dolphins are pinned back. I can't remember what drive it was, but they're pinned back at their own five-yard line. And Hawk bombs the ball, uh, and, and I, th- I think the Bengals' returner got it at the 35, and then there was a holding penalty on that too. And I, I believe it was a net of – somewhere between 65 and 70 yards on that play. And he, he can do that it, like three or four games a year. And then 
you, you get to a, just a perfect day in Miami. It's 70 degrees, and he's punting from midfield, and he shanks it. And I, I, don't, I can't put my finger on this guy, but definitely the talent is there. Hopefully he just stays more consistent. Yeah, Jason Sanders missing a few more field goals that, that I care for. I mean, he, he did. Uh, you know, the Dolphins are up 35-19. He attempts that kick. Of, I think it was, what, 40, 48 yards, and he ends up missing it. So, yeah, that, that drags the grade down a little bit. Trevor Davis, yeah, I, I thought he had a better day. But overall, I'm not a huge fan of him as a, as a kick returner. And as far as the coverage, you know, everything was fine except for in, in overtime. It got a little bit sloppy. Alex Erickson, you know, fielded a punt and actually took it about 20 yards. Could have made the difference in the game, but luckily it didn't. So because of Matt Hawk, I'm, I'm going to give this position a B plus. And, Paul, I'm going to throw it back to you one last time here. Player of the game and the co-plus player of the game. Player of the game, I, while I wanted to give it to Mike Kosicki, while I wanted to give it to Zach Seiler or Sealer, I've got to go Devontae Parker going over 1,000 yards for, for the first time in his career, showing the emotion that he does and really taking this team on his back at times. I, if you told me how many times I'd be giving Devontae Parker my player of the game in the preseason, or if you told me I'd be doing it even once, I, I would have laughed at you. And, and I'll take that one completely on the chin there. I'm happy to take it on the chin. Good for Devontae Parker. He's turning into a special, special player at the wide receiver position for this team and gives them so many building blocks for the future, especially when they get back Preston Williams, when they get back to Keen Grant, when they've got probably Albert Wilson back in the fold next year. Some people want to say he's too expensive. If he plays like he does now, he's an absolute steal at his value. And, and Devontae Parker is going to be the number one in that receiver class next year for Miami. Love that he's here long-term. Coke bus player of the game, Clive Walford, until you are off this roster, you're right back on that Coke bus. He, missing blocks. He could have gotten so many plays called back for what looked like blatant holds to me where he's got his arms around a player downfield. Just doesn't belong on an NFL roster at this point. And this is a guy that, that really showed some promise early in his career. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Parker's a good one. And I think you can pretty much give it to any receiver. But I, I, I've got to give it to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, 419 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, what I what I really like is that uh, I think he is showing the blueprint for whoever is our next quarterback. That the wide receivers, Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, um, and, and if Isaiah Ford and, and Albert Wilson uh, are lucky enough to be here too, but but mainly Kosicki, Parker, and when Preston Williams comes back, hey, find the one-on-one coverage and let them win those contested catch battles. That's the strength of the team, and that's the little unique wrinkle the Dolphins have in this team right now, and it should be their strength moving forward. But 419 yards, four touchdowns, he is, uh, he's my player of the game. I was very close to considering Zach Sealer on that too. As far as, as my Coke bus player of the game, I, I, I had a hard time really with anybody because the Dolphins were, were dominating this game for so long, but uh, you know, from what I saw, I'm going to have to give it to Michael Dieter at left guard again. I mean, 
he, he had a holding penalty. He may have had another one. And when I saw him there inside, he, he's just not getting any sort of push. And when, when they were running in this game, they were not running Michael Dieter's side. They were running toward Jesse Davis there at the right tackle spot. I mean, I think Shaq Calhoun and Evan Brown are clearly playing better than Michael Dieter at this point. So hopefully he gets in the weight room, gets a little bit stronger, becomes a better player here for 2020. And, Paul, that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins. 38-35 to overtime victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic. That's fanatic with a PH underscore pick on Twitter. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Sola D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do.